Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. This is going to be something I'll remember, and that's a really lovely thing. I don't think I was able to do that in the past. And James Bay. Don't you agree that everybody needs someone when they feel alone? Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash UK. Okay, Vassas, over to you. Their music <laughs> has always been one step beyond, and luckily there's a brand new album to prove it. Theatre of the Absurd presents Say La Vie is out now and about to go on tour. So please welcome from our house to your ears. It must be madness. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. <laughs> yeah, maybe in, in, in The Matrix, Chris. Yeah, with the, you know, the repetition, isn't it? It tells you, <laughs> no. so you know. <laughs> Does it happen more as you get older, Suggs? <laughs> of course it does. Yeah, yeah. Well, it does. you're repeating nothing. You have a brand new album. Yeah. yeah and no. I'm, I'm hearing it's hurtling towards number one. Well, I, I'm not allowed to say, but apparently so, I can yes. say that. I can say that. Thank you very much, And mate. it would be and your first ever number one album. It would. It would. I think we had a compilation in the 1980s, but none of uh, the standalone albums. A couple of number twos. It. Number ones. A lot of number twos. <laughs> number threes. <laughs> He gets a surname. <laughs> right, stop it. Sing some songs and we'll have a chat in a second. What are you going to okay. sing first? What should we do first, Mike? I don't mind. Uh, what are we going to do? We're going to do My Goal, I believe. Yeah, and, do you want to do uh, My Goal first? Sorry, my Goal. We could okay. have a go at that, yeah. <laughs> go on, then. One, two. I can't remember how it goes. <laughs> I haven't played this for a while. Um... <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Good night, Wembley. Come on. <laughs> Mike Bossa Bossa and Suggs in the house this morning. Thank you, gentlemen. How was that for you? Lovely. Yeah, yeah. It's a very nice song, that. And it's always a pleasure to do things acoustically because it makes you reflect a little bit on the original writing. You know what I mean? When you yeah. play songs over and over with the band. It, it, it reminds me of when Mike first wrote that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a great song, I think, even though I'll say, say so ourselves. So gigging early in the morning on the radio right now and also gigging in Camden Market over the weekend? Yeah, yeah, we had a very busy couple of days. <laughs> we were Manchester doing breakfast TV, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, whatever. Then we did Strictly Come Ballroom, as I was calling it, yeah, but, yeah. of course, that was some time ago <laughs> it was called that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Strictly Come Dancing. Then we had to get back to London to do a charity gig at two o'clock in the morning, and then we went down to Camden Market, yeah, where our record company had set up a stall, selling our new album, in the thrust of trying to get it over the post to number one. Come on, we used to be pop you, stars, I was saying. <laughs> to life going full circle, there I am flogging old rubbish in Camden Market. <laughs> were, you, were you part of the scenario as well? 
Yeah, yeah, I went along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Strictly Come Dancing was great. I have to say that, yeah. Um, those dancers are terrific. And um, and the setup is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah. And in that ballroom, the, the ballroom in, in, uh, in Blackpool was, was beautiful. Yeah, great. So it was very enjoyable, yeah. Good for you. Well, you only get to launch and or flog, as you say, your 13th album once. So you might as well go for it. Because a lot of people... Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the other day, wasn't he? Mm. And he's like, sell, sell, sell. One of his seven rules for life. And it's... It Sometimes you don't want to do that, do you, Sox? You want to get, you want the music to sell itself in a way. Yeah, it's yeah, a bit embarrassing I mean, to yeah, sell it almost. Yeah, I mean, what's been great and rewarding in this process? I mean, me and Mike have been doing a lot of it to, uh, together. Um, is uh, um, well, apart from Mike not turning up for later on Jules Holland, but that's you know that's <laughs> where it goes with keyboard players. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> they forgot the plan actually. Yes. <laughs> have you heard of what three words, Mike? <laughs> what three words? Yeah. Yeah, what do you mean, what three what words? What three words? You know that I geographical like You know yeah. that was invented by a road manager because he was fed up of his band not turning up. And he was in the other day, wasn't yeah. he? And that's why he did it. He said, I can't stand this anymore. Yeah. He said, usually... Actually, was it keyboard players? It was keyboard players All and drum- it was drummers. And drummers, drummers, yeah. drummers for sure. No <laughs> well, I, thought, I said to him, I thought it was drummers. He said, it's keyboard players, first <laughs> position, drummers, second yeah. position. I don't know. Especially that from Madness. being Especially unique. That, yeah. um, You're telling me it's keyboard players all around? No, <laughs> don't do that to me. Mike's still got his coat on, by the way. He's, he's going to stay here for as least time as he absolutely needs yeah. to. Uh, Mike, we're really grateful to have you here, seriously. Tell Thank us about... You. This industrial unit in Cricklewood. What happened? Because this is, this is where it all began, and where you picked up towards this thirteenth album. What was that? How did it come about? Um, please. Well, you know, like everyone else, we had two two and a half years of you know twiddling our thumbs and not doing anything, and everyone had a lot of songs. So we thought maybe we'd try and find a space to um, rehearse firstly, you know, and finish the writing of these songs. And um, and it just occurred to us that maybe to get somewhere that we were in control of, that we weren't renting, you know what I mean? So you're not on any time yeah. scale. So we started rehearsing and playing together for the first time in how long, you know, but, which was great, and it was a great feeling being back in the studio doing music. And then we just thought maybe we, we could record in this space, you know, and so we got some very good engineer, Matt Glazeby, to come down and um, work out how we could turn it into a recording studio. Right. And, um, yeah, it was very rewarding. And it just, because we didn't have to, you know, be chucked out at 10 o'clock every night, we could just fiddle about for as long as we liked. So, so similarly, it says it says here, and I don't often refer to notes, to be honest, but no, I think this is really, really interesting. <laughs> Madness reunited at the start of this year in the industrial unit at Cricklewood. That's good. Uh, where Slugs Mark... Chrissy Boy, Mike, Lee and Woody realised that what united them was always bigger than what divided them. Did you, did any of you say that sentence out loud? Because that's quite intriguing. Yeah, yeah, somebody did. Um, I, I'm not sure if it was me or someone told me to say it. But um, <laughs> that just refers to... That sounds no, good. You just said you said it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that a bit beyond me, that, I must say. <laughs> I think it was Henry Kissinger told me that. <laughs> um, no, during the lockdown, you know, we all had our differences about what was right and wrong about, you know, how the pandemic was being treated. And yeah. just like, that, you know, we were almost like a microcosm of society. You know, we had very different views and we were kind of falling out quite badly. But what also I think Zoom? that email is a very bad way of communicating. No, it's it? terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, saying when you get capital letters, 
<laughs> it's so loaded, and also in people the face in person and beats it every time. <laughs> <laughs> but people react on an email like they would never do yeah. in real life, yeah. you know. And it's not it's not healthy, you know. Somebody said to me the other day that if they could give anybody growing up one piece of advice, it would be don't press send. <laughs> Regardless, you know. Well, no, wait, the, wait till the morning yeah. after, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, very good advice. It's indeed. the best advice, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard also that you can get a computer now with a breathalyzer on it. That you have to blow, it won't let you see. <laughs> <laughs> Please let that be true. <laughs> Elon, where are you when we need you? <laughs> so 13 albums in, 13 albums in. Man, they're still going strong, still going strong. Whenever you put a gig on, people... Want want to come and buy tickets and see it? If you don't put a gig on, people like me want you to put come and appear at stuff, and we'll say, you know, what will it take to get you there? It's it's awesome. You're awesome. We had Ali um, on Ali Campbell on from UB40 last week, and he was talking about how UB40 came about, the origin story. Because now so much water is under the bridge, we can go back to origin stories because we've forgotten how how people got together. We had the same conversation with Deacon Blue. And he says that UB40 got together. It was it was anger, you know. It was Thatcher. It was the Dole, and they couldn't really. Nobody could really play any instruments, and they just bought some instruments or borrowed them or nicked them or whatever. And six months later, they could just about knock out a tune. And twelve months after that, they sold eight million albums. But of course, the more people in a band, the more the more personalities, the more conversations, the more variety, you know, <coughs> of, of how pear shaped it can go. And it does tend to, that does tend to happen, doesn't it? The more people are in any group, football teams, whatever, families, whatever. And um, he was saying as far as UB40 was concerned, it was about the number of people. That was a bit of an issue. And then we asked him, what was the most number of people that were ever in UB40? Because there's so many. Sometimes, you, are, they, are they in the band or are they not in the band? He said, and he couldn't remember. He said at one point, there were so many people in the band or claiming to be in the band on stage at a gig. He couldn't remember. <laughs> What's the most number of people that have been in Madness? Speaking of that, I remember they were on the Lenny Henry show once and Lenny popped up the back with a couple of his mates, you know, no one noticed. <laughs> As a guy? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, another five people at the back. Yeah, I mean, it's often said, isn't it, you know, when bands, even when bands are starting off, if there's more people on stage than in the audience, you need to go home. But for you, before you, that was a regular occurrence. Right, what about Madness? What's the most number of people in Madness? Um, I think, well, with a brass section, 10, or maybe back in Singers 11, 12. But no, I mean, no, 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 seven. The, the, the most was seven, and now yeah. there's six, yeah. And we've got a brass section, yeah. And we've got a percussionist now, yeah. But the band itself, but seven and down to six. Yeah, yeah, too. seven to six, yeah, that's true, yeah, yeah. And clearly, that is the thing, isn't it? The more people are in a band, you know, foundation, you know, founding members, the more issues you're going to get over time more people need to get paid for a start yeah, yeah. there is that that's as well big, isn't there it's a big one yeah but no it's true yeah and we have a lot of differences of opinion i mean we are you know still vaguely democratic <laughs> but it does take a lot of talking that's very true we do a hell of a lot voting. of talking do yeah you, is it do you have a voting system? <clears throat> we do have to vote as well sometimes yeah which is difficult because the six it's the even <laughs> number now it was um, better when it was an odd number did you watch the beatles documentary get back yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. And yeah. so there there we discovered the peacemaker was Ringo Starr. I didn't know that at all. Is do you have a yeah. peacem- do you have a peacemaker in madness? Because George storms off at some point, doesn't he? Yeah, I George, think Ringo yeah. goes round through his ass. Well funny you should say that though, because that 
influenced us a little bit. I mean, that much as I love to say, we were up there with the Beatles. <laughs> but anyway, but what was great about that, we were talking about it, was because it was supposedly about them falling to pieces. And in fact, what you saw was when they were playing music How together, there was all still love and peace, wasn't it? But the fact they were all in a circle, that's what we did in the studio. It's just that thing of looking at each other and playing your instruments is yeah, very yeah. powerful. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How, how did Madness get together? How did it, what, was your, what is your UB40 version or your Madness version of the UB40 story? Um, it just started with, well, there were three of us living in um, Kentish Town in uh, north of Camden Town. Um, and we were just mates who were into music. And there were a lot of kids growing up in the neighbourhood going in different directions. Fair amount of criminality in, uh, in North West Five. So you had one choice of sort of going, you know, Wormwood Scrubs direction, or there was a kind of plumber direction, you know, getting an electrician job or something. But anyway, we were just always into music. We used to listen to... Well, Chris used to listen to Led Zeppelin. I used to listen to Carole King. And we used to listen to old ska music as well. And um, Suggs was also growing up similar, you know, in a similar kind of... Uh, with a similar taste in music, yeah. So, you know, we were looking... At one point, we never had somebody to sing and a friend of a friend um, knew Suggs. And so we all got together, um, Suggs and Cole on the bass, mates, really. And and even though Suggs wasn't directly one of our mates when we were young, he was he was a, fitted in pretty well. So he was like... It could have been one of our original mates, but of course we became mates uh, over the years. I mean, how long we've been? Well, 40, yeah, I mean, 50 I knew years. them, and I was <clears throat> just a couple of years younger than them, <clears throat> which was when we're, when you're 15 makes a big difference, you know. I mean, they were 16, 17. Well, we used to meet in a pub in Hampstead called the Duke of Hamilton that used to let underage drinkers like me in, and that's how I sort of really got into the firmament of them all. And it just turned out the singer that, that they had at the time had left, and and. One of the bands suggested maybe... I mean, I had never sung before, but I had a bit of charisma. And as Mike said, you know, we were sharing a lot of similar interests in life. Also, I was at that sort of crossroads where, did, you know, where am I going to go? And music, as Mike said, became a very clear way out of the situation that we were in. But it's funny that, because I went down to... There's a walk of fame in Camden now where they put down plaques on the floor and we've got one. And then Ali Campbell had... And his missus asked me if I'd come down and say a few words, so I did. And he was talking about how they were basically all petty thieves from whatever, Thornton Heath. I said, mate, you're in Camden Town now. We're the only petty thieves around here, so get out. <laughs> but, yeah, and then, it, you know, there were a lot of people in our firmament, as Mike said, and all going in different directions. But there was then there was a sort of hardcore of Mike, Chris, Lee and a few others, and, and we started to take it seriously. And the gigs had energy about them then, <clears throat> in the crowd as much as on the stage, didn't they? You know, people came, it was a release, wasn't it? Not only was it a celebration of music or a Friday night out or a few beers or whatever, you know, but there was, there was a, it was a pressure cooker at the time, Great Britain. I mean, I'm not saying it isn't now, but it was different then. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a film which I hadn't seen for years called Dance Craze, which is the two-tone tour, you know, which is what we very happily joined 
1979 or so with the specials and selector. And it's incredible to see back at that energy, yeah, and the, 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 the youth, you know, the, how young people were. But, I mean, it was a big thing for us because, you know, we had various influences, Ian Dewey, the Kinks and all the other things we've been talking about. But then the specials turned up at the pub that we used to hang around in and it was just bizarre because they looked like us and they were playing Scar and I didn't know whether to feel jealous or vindicated that we were onto something after all. But they had an energy even more than we'd realised, you know, and Liverpool's blowing holes in the ceiling with a starting pistol and the crowd are going absolutely berserk. And it sort of upped the level of energy for us as well, you know, the crowds that we were getting. And then we suddenly realised that this thing was turning into a kind of movement. But, yeah, I think also because it was just post-punk, you know what I mean? So there still was that sort of slightly Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. You know, you, the way you, <coughs> you dance with your fist, don't you? If this, this, you can either fight it out or dance it out. You know, and guess which is going to have the better outcome. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. But it was post-punk, you're right. Um, and it was, it, was, it was scary, but not as scary. And, yeah. it, was more in, and it was more pop. So it was, it was softer... Scar was softer, two-tone was softer, but it was still quite... There was still a proper attitude to it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, people were dancing a bit more than just bashing each other and pogoing and gobbing and all yeah, that, yeah. which is... And then, <laughs> and then girls started to turn up, which, yeah, you know, was a real well. turning point. Yeah. Yeah. Punk was great, but where were the girls? <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Lads, we need a new idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, though, isn't it? It's a mosh pit for the blokes. Susie they... and the Banshees. She was a girl, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah, she was <laughs> But the crowds tended to be boys, or you know, there's mosh pits. No, there's a lot of punk girls. No, that's not true. Yeah. There was a lot of punk girls as well. Yeah. But the great thing about punk was that they broke all the rules. I think up until that time, we were getting in a very kind of solidified <laughs> musical musical world, and there were all these like super bands. And then suddenly, punk came and like kicked the door in, and you know, you don't even have to pay a effing instrument. You know, <laughs> you don't have to do nothing, and. Um, so that kind of opened a big door, I think, in music for suddenly young people were, you know, I mean, we were getting wined and dined by all the record companies all of a sudden, which probably wouldn't have happened so many, you know, a year or two before. So I think it really broke all the rules, which was great because... Just talk about that they needed a, a bit, break. if you don't mind, about the, the, uh, the beauty parade in front of the record companies, the wine in and dining. What was that like? How did they discover you? Um, how long did that last for and how did you decide who to go with? Well, we were a kind of cynical bunch, you know, I don't know, streetwise is a bit of a cliche, but, um, or just very, very, very cynical, yeah. So we went along, I remember we were kind of looking on the menu, what's the most expensive thing they got, you know? And the, all the record execs were, they were kind of, you know, they were also into their thing, they were all looking on what's on the menu, so everybody was like having a nice nosh up. And they were, you know, and then they would be like, uh, "What's your name? Or what do you do? You know, what what's the name of the band?" And uh, so it was like just become a, a a kind of a buzz around town, and and the people I've been trying to ring up for gigs, like you know, a few weeks before, who weren't answering my calls, suddenly the tables turned, they're calling me, and I'm not answering their calls, and. Um, but it all, none, none of it was very genuine or convincing, except we used to really like Stiff Records because of the artists that were on it, and Dave Robinson. Uh, managed to clinch the deal by giving us a thousand pound cash each in wow. hand, which the others had never thought of or seen. Um, <laughs> but of course, no, it wasn't just. But he was, yeah. They were a great record record company, Stiff Records, and they were they were kind of breaking the rules as well. But but at that time, it was much more musical. Yeah. And what caused the fuss then? Because you weren't signed. So what caused the fuss? How come they started ringing you as opposed to you having to ring them? Well, I think the first thing to establish is that we put a record out on two tone with Jerry Dammers after the two tone tour. 
which got to number 16 in the charts. Right. Much to the surprise, we barely learnt to play our instruments of all of us. And suddenly this door, that door that Mike was talking about was open and then all these record companies were ringing up because we decided we weren't going to stay on two-tone just because it was a very Midland scar kind of, you know, we just wanted to broaden the horizons a bit. But yeah, I remember one of the record companies me and him went to, yeah, and it was all the palm trees in the atrium, the geezer with his feet on the desk and a cigar. And he goes, he puts the intercom and he goes, Deirdre, Deirdre, could you run out and buy this record from these guys? What are they called again? And you, you could hear that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good luck to him. He hadn't even heard it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. And <coughs> are there times now, if not all the time, or maybe no, none of the time, when it seems like all seems like a main ego, that kind of thing? Well, talking about it now, it does. But, yeah, it's odd, isn't it, time? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we just did so much. It's so hard to sort of reflect on all of it. It's only when you're talking about specific, you know, things that happened that, that, that you remember clearly. Like that, I just had that thought just then. But, um, I mean, it, did, it, has, it does seem to have flown, yeah. But it does, when you, I, I look back very fond, fondly on those days, I mean, I don't know if that's correct or not, but you look back on the 70s, late 70s and it seemed to be a fantastic time for music and I suppose it was before all the digital and before everything became slightly more fabricated possibly uh, there were a lot of bands and they were real bands and you know such a variety and everything I don't know if that's just because I was young then and my brain cells are like I don't see all the um, you know richness of the music industry these days but um there seemed to be a lot of variety and great songs, yeah. It was like about music. Well, I don't know. Maybe well, I'm yeah, well, you described old... it as a movement before, you know, and it is that doing verb, it's that doing word in there. It was a movement, wasn't it? There was something else going on. It wasn't just listening to music. It wasn't just going to gigs. It wasn't just buying records. There was an energy to it, and you didn't have to be able to play an instrument, but that didn't mean you couldn't perform and have something to offer. There was something else on show, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> and so much as Mike said, variety. So you had... You know, the two-tone thing, which you're right, became a kind of movement, and that was specifically about, you know, anti-racism and black and white kids playing music together. <coughs> but equally, you know, in a pub down the road, you had the Goths, and then the pub over there with the Pogues, and yeah, then, yeah. you know, the Soul Boys, the New Romantics. Heavy Rockers. Heavy Rockers, yeah. yeah. Sammy Hagar, UFO. <laughs> it was great, wasn't it? It was. I mean, I, you know, I think... Um, Certainly, I mean, no, factually, that you know, in Camden, there were probably 10 or 12 pubs that you could get a gig yeah, yeah. then, and now there's probably only one or two. So that must tell you something about... Well, the ladders you had to climb to get to see a band. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to logging on online. Nothing wrong with yeah. it, but you, yeah. you had to lie about your age, yeah. you had to get in a pub, you had to yes. not get beaten up, <laughs> you had to be able to get to the front. Bus down to HMV yeah. to buy the new single. And yeah, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you managed to last in the pub till the bank came on without getting thrown out, you'd like won the... <laughs> World Championship of going to a gig. So yeah, yeah. You, you were so glad, you were so in love with the band by the time they came on. You know, then you went home, you were like, you were like the, the hero in your street because you'd been to a gig, not been in the band or had a hit. Amazing. That's, That's so true. Cool. The amount of gigs I couldn't get into. That's couldn't right. Get into. Sorry, son. No, you know, yeah, it's amazing. You're trying to sneak in. But behind even just your mate, trying to get yeah. into a gig was a night out. Yeah. I can't remember if it's apocryphal or my pals. One of them sat on his mate's shoulder with a. His dad's raincoat over yeah. him, so to try and look yeah. like a six-foot man. Yeah, the old Harry Potter cloak. <laughs> Amazing. Could talk to you all day, guys. Could yeah. talk to you all day. Well, look, it look, it looks... You can't say it, you're not allowed to. You're literally not allowed to say it. Looks like this album is heading to number one. Apparently so, yeah. I'm not allowed to say it. You're not apparently, allowed to say it. Don't say it, you're not allowed to say it. it could be, possibly. Theatre of the Absurd... 
presents C'est La Vie, out now. C'est La Vie 2023, the tour begins Thursday, November the 30th. Incredibly, there might be the odd ticket still available. Tix, T-I-X, dot, two, T-O, slash madness. Tickets available there, apparently. Uh, thanks both for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much, Chris. It's Seriously. a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Yeah, Seriously, it's such yeah. a joy. Absolute joy. Never lost the edge. Always edgy. That's what it's all about. Love the 80s? Then you'll love Virgin Radio 80s Plus. Love Chris Evans. Love the 80s. Over on Virgin Radio 80s Plus. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 